The deep thump of a resonating double bass string broke through Evan's mental fog. Years of playing on stage with his trio had engraved this sound deep into his mind and made it instantly recognizable. Turning slowly, Evan cast a sideways glance at the slender shape of a man plucking away at the instrument standing on stage left. His fingers slapped up and down the neck as the deep notes reverberated through Evan's body in small yet impactful bursts. Whoever this man was, he managed to deliver notes and calming plucks that forced Evan to consider dropping his current bassist. The player's eyes were shut in a concentrated yet blissful state as he let the improvisation flow from his fingertips. Evan's mouth hung open ever so slightly as he slowly turned to look out from the stage. Through the thin veil of cigar smoke, he could make out tables covered with deep crimson cloths, speckling the lounge floor. Their surfaces were littered with the soft pulsating glow of candles and various cocktail glasses. People seated around these tables all had their attention locked on the trio with expressions of blissful relaxation. Yeah, a voice chimed in. Evan's gaze darted to a man sitting behind a drum kit on the opposite side of the stage. The percussion arrangement loomed just beyond the glossy black piano edge, despite the keys feeling natural beneath his fingertips. Evan was unable to locate the detail that set this instrument apart from the ones on his typical circuit. As the drummer raked brushes over the taut skins of the drumheads, he slowly nodded his head up and down. His eyes met with Evan's, and he gave him a wink before once again becoming lost in the soft rhythm. What? Evan muttered under his breath while turning back to the piano placed in front of him. Despite the lounge looking no different from the various others he had performed in so many times throughout his life, Evan could sense an unidentified characteristic that made the space seem ever so slightly off-kilter. The more reasonable explanation he could conjure was that he had consumed too many drinks before taking the stage. This had occurred more times than he was proud to admit, but he found comfort in at least being able to admit what a mess his life had down-spiraled into. The bass rhythm gave Evan the expression of drawing to an end, and he felt his fingers slide on top of the ivory piano keys. Pressing them down, he let his mind slip away while they danced across the instrument with ease and fluidity. Any sort of estimate on how long Evan played his own improvised set were of no concern. He simply stopped once his body naturally began to slow down and drift back to deeper chords. Evan lightly pressed down a few more notes before letting the final one ring with a haunting echo. As the instruments faded out into a gradual decay, the pianist let himself linger on the ivory until the piano strings seized their vibration. His fingers let up and an applause began from across the room. Standing up from the severely slouched position he had craned his neck into, Evan shyly nodded and accepted the appreciation. Although every club he had played in was a vast majority of unknown faces, 
there were always some recognizable individuals. However, Evan was unable to pinpoint a single member of the audience. Turning to his trio mates, he flashed each of them a light smile. Although their names had still failed to return to memory, Evan motioned for them to take a brief intermission. The applause died down and gave way to chairs being pushed back as the audience began their pilgrimage to the bar for another round. As the crowd dispersed, Evan fished around in his pocket for a pack of cigarettes. Feeling the worn cardboard box against his fingertips, he pulled it out and shook the package towards his fellow musicians. Either of you care for one? They both waved their hands in appreciation of the gesture, before immediately turning in the direction of the bar. As the drummer and bassist joined the human conglomeration that had almost fully obscured Evan's view of the bar, he shrugged and approached the stairs which led off stage. Suit yourselves. His lanky figure crossed the lounge floor with bounding steps. While weaving between tables and throwing occasional smiles in the direction of a few guests, he pulled out one of the off-white cigarettes from his pack, approaching the dark mahogany door that he had no memory of entering through. Evan leaned against it and pushed the door open with his back. As soon as a crack formed between it and the door jam, a rush of freezing air shot through the gap. Evan let out a stuttering breath as the bitter cold ripped against his skin. The door squeaked on its hinges before closing with a thud as he squeezed through the opening. As he pulled the lighter from his chest pocket and flicked the cap open with a metallic clank, the realization dawned on him that his jacket was likely still inside. He shrugged and found the effort of going back inside to search for it to be outweighed by his craving for tobacco. Evan rolled down the sleeves of his somewhat baggy white dress shirt as a weak attempt to further fight the cold. Taking in a deep breath, he felt the familiar warm comfort of smoke trickle down his throat. An effort had been made quite some time ago to kick the habit since his wife was appalled by the stench but it was hardly a concern to him anymore. While his mind slowly relinquished its brutal grasp out of desire for a cigarette, Evan studied the environment around the lounge. Besides the weathered brick of the exterior, he was surprised to find no neighboring structure on either side, spare a parking lot. He took a drag and diverted his attention from the cars. As smoke escaped the side of his mouth in a thin stream, Evan studied a thicket of tall, looming trees standing off in the distance. They swayed gently in the light breeze while Evan swore he could hear extremely faint footsteps from deep within the timbers. He squinted his eyes and focused on the perimeter where the forest met snow. Something could be seen slowly moving within the forest but Evan was unable to distinguish it more than a blur. No longer wishing to pay attention to the woods, he turned to the side once more to find a small grouping of cars peeking just around one corner of the building. Every other patch of ground had been blanketed by a light layer of snow, much to his dismay. Evan looked up to find a few flakes floating down. Why he had not noticed them before was 
hardly given a thought as he noticed the snow being bathed in a soft red glow. Pivoting his head to discover the source, Evan took another drag as the cigarette burned closer and closer to the filter. The Black Forest. The neon sign buzzed over the doorway as Evan stared up with the block lettering reflecting in his glasses. He could not recall entering this lounge in the first place, let alone ever hearing of its existence. He assumed it was another small show his manager had booked without a smidgen of research on the venue. Not a really inviting name, but it's quite fitting. A voice chimed in. Evan sucked in a sharp breath before turning in the direction of the voice. His gaze landed on a man leaning against the brickwork, just outside the reach of the sign's buzzing, crimson glow. The stranger lifted a lighter to his face and cupped a hand around the flame. As the end of a cigarette burned in the night, he flicked the lid shut and turned to Evan. Now, people don't usually come outside. Evan was unable to find an appropriate response for this man's sudden appearance. He eventually snapped from the trance, only to stumble over the beginning of a sentence. Yeah, well, I uh, just needed a smoke. The man smiled warmly before reaching into his pocket and pulling out a pack of cigarettes. You know, I have to give credit where credit is due. Many groups of musicians have come through here, but yours is probably my favorite, Evan. Upon closer inspection, Evan could easily make out the camel logo on the packaging. He quickly felt around his pants pocket to find his own pack missing. Before he had the chance to give the stranger a piece of his mind, cigarettes went sailing through the air. Evan caught them and looked dumbfoundedly between his hand and this man. Even though you and I have each had one, I can assure you, the pack is still full. Evan glared at the man before popping the lid. Sure enough, he was greeted with a sight of twenty orange filters staring up at him. A word of advice? Evan let out with an obvious tone of aggravation. If you want to successfully beg people for money after some magic trick, well at least go beyond just pickpocketing me and pretending to steal one of those cigarettes. After one final puff, Evan flicked his burnt filter off into the distance before reaching for the door handle. Just as his fingers wrapped around the cold steel, the man's voice spoke up and caused Evan to freeze in his tracks. Do you want to know how you got here or not? Silence hung in the air. A small disturbance came from a gentle breeze whistling past both men. This light chill hardly bothered Evan as he tried to figure out how this individual had seemed to read his exact thoughts. Now, I know you want to go back inside and hope that a little fresh air will have unblocked whatever is clogging your mind right now. Evan's fingers slowly released the door handle. His gaze remained locked on this man as he waited for him to continue. Keep this in mind. The stranger spoke with an unnerving calmness. I'm the only thing here that can answer your questions. What's your name? Evan asked rather bluntly. Don't really have one. 
but someone nicknamed me Ronnie some time ago, so let's go with that. Evan smirked and raised an eyebrow. Well, all right, Ronnie. Would you care to tell me where I am? I've performed at countless clubs over the years. This one doesn't seem familiar in the slightest. Well, that's because it doesn't really exist. You're in purgatory. The blunt fashion in which Ronnie delivered the last sentence made Evan doubt him tremendously. He felt the desire to let out a mocking laugh but found Ronnie undeserving of the effort. Yeah, that's cute, Ronnie. That's really cute. We almost done here? Well, you're not the first to give that response. And you'll hardly be the last. Ronnie replied with a chuckle. He took a drag on the cigarette, and Evan swore that no ash had accumulated on the end, despite him taking numerous puffs from the thing. It seems like every year... Fewer and fewer people come through here that still hold religious beliefs. It's not a personal attack on them in the slightest. You see, it just makes my job a little more difficult, and they're less and less likely to accept the truth when I deliver it. <laughs> Listen, Ronnie, I actually am religious. I'm Catholic. I have been since I was a kid. Even given that, I'm still having major trouble believing what you're preaching. Ronnie emitted a light laugh and shot Evan a playful smile. Well, there's no need to keep secrets from me. I know you haven't worn your cross necklace since Linda passed. It's just been sitting in your top dresser drawer gathering dust with the cufflinks from your brother's wedding. Why, you fucking piece of shit. Evan darted from the door in Ronnie's direction. Just as he was about to be within range to grab the man by his collar and smash his head into the brick wall, the neon sign stopped buzzing. They were thrown into an inky blackness, and Evan immediately lost his orientation. He stumbled for a moment as his feet clumsily crunched in the snow before finding balance with a hand against the brickwork. The sign revived itself and the snow-covered ground was once again illuminated from the sign's vibrancy. Ronnie now stood completely opposite of Evan, by the door that entered the lounge. Well, I can promise you that I'm not upset by that gesture. He let out calmly while holding up his hands. Let me just once again remind you that the less you and I butt heads, quicker and smoother this will all work out. Do we have an understanding... The men stood in silence while Evan stared on with a completely blank expression. Eventually, he wiped a few snowflakes from his glasses with the back of a shirt sleeve. You claim this was purgatory, so why don't you go ahead and prove your point to me? Evan asked without even bothering to justify the previous question with a response. Well, that definitely cuts out a lot of the pointless back and forth I've gotten used to. Without another word, Ronnie turned and began walking towards a corner of the building. He waved a hand, and Evan slowly began trailing behind him. As they neared the parked cars that Evan had noticed earlier, he gazed behind him to notice the absence of footprints in the snow. What had started as a thin top coat on the dead grass had accumulated tremendously to create a thick base. Their feet crunched through the powder, and Evan studied the ground closer. 
Each impression in the snow was almost immediately filled back in by a small flurry of flakes. You drive the beige Studebaker, correct? Ronnie stopped mid-step to point aimlessly into the grouping of automobiles. As Evan stopped by his side to gaze over the parking lot illuminated by a few flickering overhead lights, his eyes scanned for the familiar sight of his car. She doesn't exactly stick out like a sore thumb there, Ronnie. My apologies. Does this help? With a snap of his fingers, all but one of the lights was extinguished. Every car vanished into the darkness except for one. The beige Studebaker sat sturdy and strong in the snow, despite the years of usage and neglected maintenance. With only one light bulb left burning, the harmony of buzzing bulbs had been replaced by a singular, haunting hum above Evan's car. You're starting to earn my trust more and more there, Ronnie. As the men approached the vehicle, Evan cast a quick glance towards the forest. He swore something had made a light brushing sound from the foliage, but the sound ceased almost immediately. If you want to be further impressed, I know about the dent on the hood. I believe it has a speck or two of your dried blood that has yet to wear off. Now that's not criticism against you, however. The reason behind the outburst was more than warranted. Sure enough, the dent was visible on the hood with a couple of brown spots where the blood had long since dried up. Evan turned to Ronnie one final time. The expression of skepticism that had plagued his face ever since meeting this man had finally subdued. He put one foot forward and once again heard the familiar crunch of snow under his shoe. Evan took slow and steady steps towards the vehicle before coming to a stop. The glossy black tips of his shoes rested just outside the halo of light which encompassed the car. Evan could still clearly remember the day he had received that dreaded phone call at work. Linda had been found dead in their living room when the neighbor went to drop off a get well soon card and gift basket. He saw her body through the window and broke open the door in a fruitless attempt at keeping her clinging to life. The cancer had been discovered in the late stages, but Evan had still been told his wife had at least a couple of months left. Only a week had passed, and he soon found himself in his office parking lot, banging on the car's hood with a blinding rage. He only stopped his assault on the vehicle after leaving his fist a bloodied mess with three shattered fingers. Playing the piano now only occurred with a slightly dragging hand, but he considered himself lucky he had not completely destroyed his ability to play the instrument. As Evan slowly turned and attempted to find where his neighbor's son had dented the driver's side door with a foul baseball, he froze. His demeanor remained impassive while unblinking eyes gazed into the car. Although the windshield was heavily obscured by a layer of snow, Evan was sure that he could make out something resting behind the steering wheel. Turning to Ronnie, his breath escaped through his lips in a faint cloud. He stared into the man's eyes without uttering a word, but that hardly stopped Ronnie from reading exactly what was racing through his mind. You've known for quite some time that you would end up leaving life behind. 
The only real question you had was, when? There was silence. Take a closer look, Evan. Without uttering anything, Evan's head pivoted back to the car. He took slow and hesitant footsteps towards the door. Upon his initial inspection, he had failed to realize the slight gap left in the driver's side window. A thought burned in the back of his mind that Evan knew was correct, but failed to acknowledge. He leaned forward and wiped the fogged window with the sleeve of his dress shirt. Evan's own pale and sunken face stared back at him through the glass with soulless eyes. Now you always knew it would end this way, Evan. The thought of a cocaine overdose was something you kept shoved away in the back of your mind so it wouldn't bother you. Well, I do completely understand. If I was in your predicament, I'd also want to quash anything that threatened my only escape from a painful life. Evan had completely lost feelings in his fingertips by this point, as he stared with unblinking horror at the soft blue skin of his own face, with eyes rolled up deep within their sockets. Every word that Ronnie spoke came through as muffled echoes. His body sat crooked in the car seat, with a greasy mop of unkept hair pressed against the window. Foam leaked from the corners of his mouth, with a trail of vomit and bile slowly running down his shirt. Snow floated through the crack in the window and had begun to create a light film on his corpse. The point was fast approaching on the horizon where you would attempt to hide that your physical form could no longer take. Of course, I knew it would happen tonight, but no one else on Earth did. It happened right before the show, didn't it? Ronnie sighed while taking a quick glance at the vehicle. Well, I'm afraid so. Right now, back on Earth, your bandmates are coming out of the back door of the lounge, trying to search for you. It won't be long now until they find your car and the inevitable tragedy that you became. They won't be too surprised that it finally happened, but that won't help relieve the pain. Evan had not looked back to Ronnie since approaching the car. His gaze remained locked on the body in the driver's seat. The wedding ring he had refused to take off after his wife's passing glistened under the overhead streetlight. While staring back at the tarnished gold band, Evan could suddenly sense its absence on his own fingers as he brushed them past each other. He raised his hand to see a faint tan line. Do you mind if I take it back? Ronnie had no need to even follow the direction that Evan's outstretched finger was pointing. I did have a feeling you would notice the ring. If it helps you bring some form of closure, then by all means, take it. Evan reached back towards the car to retrieve the ring, but paused mid-reach to find the golden loop suddenly shimmering on his own finger underneath the light. He inspected it with a smile pulling at the corner of his lips for the first time in recent memory. Just promise me that it won't let it consume you. The faint shimmer of happiness disappeared in an instant. As Evan turned back to Ronnie, he gave the man a slightly puzzled look while rubbing the ring against his fingers. Consume me? 
Ronnie shrugged and gave a light chuckle. Well, that seems like a rather asinine thing to say, I must admit. But there's a reason the Black Forest exists. Just let me explain. He turned on his heels and began in the direction of the tree line. Evan took the cue and jogged at a light pace until the two men walked side by side. Well, I can't exactly recall a time when the Black Forest didn't stand in this field, but I knew that such an era does exist. Structure's appearance may change, but it still serves the same purpose for every man, woman, and child. Some just require it more than others. But I'm still lost. What exactly is this place doing here? As Evan turned over his shoulder to steal a glance at the building, he noticed that the parking lot had disappeared into thin air. What sat in its place was a snow-covered field, glistening under the bluish light of the moon. Well, for example, you've noticed that the parking lot is no longer there. It served its purpose, so there's no need to keep it around anymore. What makes the Black Forest different is that pretty much everyone requires it until they've received their final judgment. It takes on the atmosphere of whatever makes someone comfortable. In that case, well, I find it a bit strange that it turned into a nightclub. They aren't exactly known for being comforting. Ronnie raised a finger before countering Evan's point. Well, you may think that at first, but I've gotten to understand you just as well as you can understand yourself. So, let me ask you, Evan... What do you think you would have made for a more consoling environment? Call it be the house where you can hardly pass by the living room where Linda died without breaking out into tears? Possibly. We could also consider the ski lodge you visited in Colorado. Well, I've seen that memory played so many times over, and it's one of the happiest points in your life. However, that was a trip to try and forget about Linda's miscarriage. So, depression hung in the air, no matter how much you tried to push it away. Ronnie paused and momentarily turned his attention to a dead silent Evan. You see, out of all the places in your life, I'd never seen you more withdrawn from your issues than in a nightclub. Out of all the moments I viewed within your life, you never appeared happier than seated behind a piano with an audience given thunderous applause. That's why I decided the Black Forest should take on its current form. Crunching of their feet in the snow stopped. Evan snapped out of his trance to find himself staring into the infinite thicket of trees. Now I've told you earlier to not let that ring consume you. Ronnie let out in a hauntingly neutral tone. So far, you've done an exceptional job, which leads me to believe that I may have misjudged what exactly would be your final confrontation. The snap of a branch echoed through the air. If I was a betting man, I would have lost. It appears something far stronger still has its hold on you. From an almost inky blackness between the thick trunks, Evan could make out a shape approaching. This mysterious being hobbled and traveled in a crooked, shifted manner. With each step it took, the blurriness from before resolved itself into the outline of an animal. 
The Black Forest may give the soul a place to rest. But there's a final judgment everyone must undergo. What stood before Evan left his mouth hanging slightly open. A contorted body similar to that of a deer stood on quaking legs that could collapse at any moment. There was no trace of fur, instead replaced by a black layer of skin that was marred with abrasions and exposed wounds of sickly gray flesh. The entire beast glistened under the moonlight, as Evan could make out a film over its hide. This monstrosity gave off a smell of rot decay that only seemed possible from extreme states of decomposition. There's a reason some are able to return to the Black Forest, while others never cross its threshold again. You see, it all pivots on your own decision, but don't let the simplicity of that statement misguide you. Evan could feel his arms trembling, but he was unable to break eye contact with this beast. He continued to stare into its hollow eye sockets that somehow emitted a hellish red glow. And suddenly, there was a sickening crack and a gut-churning sound of skin tearing open. His eyes darted down the creature's neck to find the hide beginning to separate. A gray, semi-translucent fluid seeped from the edges of the opening and fell to the forest floor in sickening globs. As the fluid began to vacate the cavity, Evan could make out a human face behind the shimmer of gray liquid. It appeared blissful. As Evan found himself wanting to turn his head away, he could not help but notice how the individual inside seemed completely unaware of what encapsulated him. His face became clearer, leading to the discovery of bloated cheeks, blotches of red skin, and a nose tip with disgustingly obvious veins. It reminded him of the face his own father had developed after nearly a decade of falling asleep with the drained liquor bottle tangled in his fingers. Everyone has that one sin that's harder to resolve than all the others. For some, their most difficult is still relatively easy to overcome. For others, however, it becomes one of their few or only known means of achieving bliss. The face within the beast released a stench that made Evan's nostrils burn, as if he had just inhaled vapors from the opening of a vodka bottle. It happens more often than I desire, but for some, it's become their only source of escape from their unbearable lives. This situation is sometimes of their own negligent creation, and nothing more than a cheap thrill, but the majority of souls I come across are simply a victim of their own circumstance. I can never blame them for returning to the only comfort they've come to know. A gust of hot air blew against the back of Evan's neck and sounded as if it had been exhaled from nostrils. He shot around to find another one of these beasts standing behind him. Its body stood just as broken and misshapen as the other. Before Evan could study it closely, the sound of tearing skin filled the air once more. As the familiar sight of gray fluid spilled from the gash, he was somewhat surprised to not find another face staring back at him. Instead, a soft white glow emanated from deep within. It's beautiful. Evan's arm mindlessly began to lift from his side. 
He leaned in slowly with fingertips beginning to lose the numbness brought on by the harsh bite of the bitter cold. A pin of red appeared in the middle of his forearm that caused a momentary prick before simply subsiding. With every inch he drew closer to the light, Evan could feel a warm sensation traveling up his veins. The all-too-familiar rush of injection began to fill his body. It evicted the cold that he had only just now realized had penetrated deep to his core and left his body feeling like a stone. The unexpected yet welcome sensation of euphoria began to cloud Evan's mind. His eyes rolled back into his head, and his mouth pulled up into a smile. Just as he was about to become fully enveloped in this cloud of bliss, something caught his attention. From just outside the blinding white glare came something else. A flash of vibrant gold interrupted the experience from the corner of his vision. He was unable to relinquish himself from the state of nirvana, but mindlessly flailed his fingers to try and contact the source of his distraction. Evan suddenly brushed against something and felt his wedding band spin on his finger. The smile on Evan's face began to droop and his body tensed up again. Eternal bliss faded away and the corner of Evan's vision returned to normalcy. The white cloud vanished and the blurred shape of the trees vignetted his vision. The warm sensation fled his veins. But Evan was unable to feel a hollow cold in the absence of his narcotic savior for the first time. He collapsed to the ground. His first impressions of ascending to a higher plane of pleasure had been replaced by the realization of almost being trapped in a false sense of closure. He reached behind his head and wiped snow from his hair before sitting up. The beast had begun walking away with cumbersome steps. Evan stood up and continued to watch as it crossed the field. Unlike Ronnie and himself, the footprints this thing left were not filled in by snow. Small prints led away in a stumbling pattern. Eventually, it returned to the forest from which it had emerged. The gentle snap of branches subsided and signaled its full retreat from Evan. I had my doubts originally. Ronnie smiled in Evan's direction. He had pulled out another cigarette and let a thin trail of smoke fade out into the air. You see, the last man in a predicament similar to yours ended up letting his wife pull him inside. I was almost sure she would be your final confrontation, but I suppose I misjudged you, Evan. A small cloud of smoke billowed into the air. Evan inhaled the familiar smell of nicotine, but felt no desire to retrieve the pack of cigarettes from his pocket. I'm just glad you proved me wrong. He slowly turned back towards the black forest, with a light breeze picking up the tail of his coat. Before Evan could begin to follow suit, his attention was caught by the glimmer of something in the moonlight. He glanced down at the ground to find a top of a needle staring up at him from the snow, before being covered by a layer of flakes. For the first time in years, Evan was able to gaze upon a needle without feeling a burning desire to stick it beneath his skin. The two men proceeded towards the welcoming glow of the neon sign. Ronnie opened the handle with a creak and held it open. 
Nevin proceeded inside and flashed the man a light smile before shaking loose the snow that had accumulated in his hair. The trio currently performing on stage had just come to the end of their set, causing a sound of applause that echoed throughout the room. As the musicians took a bow, they glanced around the room and nodded lightly. When the pianist locked eyes with Evan, the smile increased. He made a swooping gesture with his arm over the piano bench and slowly backed away from the instrument. I'll let you know when it's time to go upstairs. Ronnie spoke with pride in his tone. But for now, enjoy yourself. I think you've earned it. Ronnie gave him a pat on the shoulder before proceeding towards the bar near the back of the room. Evan let out a long breath before proceeding towards the stage. The applause gradually died down until all that resonated in Evan's ears were his own footsteps proceeding up the stage entrance. As he made his way across the stage, the other musicians took their places. Evan sat down before the wide range of keys. He let one hand glide over the polished ivory and soon realized fingers on his right hand were no longer bent at incorrect angles. Well, I'll be damned. With one final look at the audience, he pressed down on the piano. From outside his field of vision, a brass section came to life, along with a thump from the double bass and a gentle brushing on the drum kit. The fast pace of jazz pieces he had become accustomed to had given way to a swaying beat that had not been on his mind in many years. Although familiar to Evan, he was unable to pinpoint exactly why he was able to play this song with a level of repetition that hinted to hundreds of performances. We'll meet again. Don't know where. Don't know when. Evan turned to find someone had sat next to him on the bench. And for the first time in years, Linda's beaming smile filled Evan's soul with unsurpassable joy. He could feel tears welling in the corners of his eyes as the sound of horns played in the background. But I know we'll meet again some sunny day. She sang in the same divine tone that Evan had missed since the day that she had left. Linda reached out and caressed Evan's cheek before fixing the one lock of his hair that always managed to fall away from the rest. As she leaned closer, Evan now found himself swinging along with her. A few hot tears rolled down his face, and Evan felt no desire to wipe them away. Keep smiling through, just like you always do, till the blue skies drive the dark clouds far away. Linda inched closer to Evan on the bench and rested her head on his shoulder. As his fingers continued to glide over the keys, he no longer felt the same escape from reality that had paired itself to his performances for all of those years. What filled him now was a sense of comfort and wholeness that had been ripped from his soul when Linda passed. As she sat up straight once more, Linda placed a kiss on his cheek and let out a light laugh. Evan responded with the same gesture as the audience filled the room with a singular voice. So will you please say hello to the folks that I know? 
Tell them it won't be long. They'll be happy to know that as you saw me go, I was singing this song. We'll meet again. Don't know where. Don't know when. But I know we'll meet again some sunny day.